Information about the world of running, inspiration to fuel passion and excellence, and ideas for making connections and finding community. You're listening to A to Z Running. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a special episode of the A to Z Running Podcast, where we help runners thrive. I'm Andy. And I am Zach. This week on the A to Z Running Podcast, we have the much-anticipated Olympic preview. It's the ultimate preview if you're into running. Specifically distance running. So make sure, because this is one of a series now where we're going to be sharing with you the results as they happen of the Olympic Games distance events. And so you need to follow and subscribe because that's how you'll know everything important about the Olympic Games. <laughs> so go to adzrunning.com, look for the word follow, head to YouTube and the podcasting places where podcasts go and subscribe. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much to all of you who have done that and joined the conversation. I had posted about aqua jogging a bit on A to Z running on Instagram. And Kaylin Russo, a previous guest on our podcast, you'll know her because she is the fitness artist. And she also is the instructor for core for runners. She gave us a tip for aqua jogging, which is this to put on old shoes to help with resistance and pulling back up. I think it's an Mm. excellent tip. And she got that from Nick Stinko. So thanks to Nick too. Yes. Speaking of making your running shoes nasty and wet, (laughs) make sure they're old. Okay. Yeah. And we all have a lot of old shoes, right? Because we are, we're changing them out. That's a great tip for those of you who are getting uh, into running now is that you need to make sure you're changing out your shoes. We also want to thank Matt of the rambling runner for having us on his podcast. It was a privilege and an honor to be on his show. We discuss our journey as running runners. And then also what we've learned from some of the uh, athletes that we have interviewed on this A to Z running podcast. Well, if you haven't noticed what we are wearing, it's because you're listening and not watching. So go to YouTube and watch so that you can see what I'm about to mention, which is the stylish, ever stylish, knock-arounds, star-spangled Tory Pine sunglasses, which is what we are wearing specifically because just in time for the Olympic Games, you can also get your own pair and watch the games in style. Why would you watch a TV while wearing sunglasses, you might ask? Because when it's stylish... It's worth it. <laughs> now, you know that knockarounds are exceptional sunglasses. We've been talking about them here, and we've been wearing them now for some time exclusively because they're just that amazing. We wear them casually. We wear them when we're running. There's formats and frames for every possible interest, and their designs are incredible. So you want to find out a little bit more about this, which means you need to go to adzrunning.com slash episode 95 so that you can click our link and get to all the knockaround stuff. Yes, indeed, when you support people like Knockarounds and the sponsors on our show, we certainly appreciate it. They appreciate it. And you know that we're only going to be talking about a brand if we like their product. So you can find out more about that, adzrunning.com slash episode 95. And then head over to Instagram because we're going to give some away with Knockaround. So if you love giveaways, you know I do, head on over to Running on Instagram. Excellent stuff. Now, what you have been waiting for, the Olympics preview. Running events begin this week in Tokyo. And as you know, and you've heard on this show, it's way more fun to be a fan of the sport if you know the key players. So today we're going to outline for you some of the best athletes in the world. Of course, disclaimer, we're not going to get to everybody. So there's going to be people that podium that we aren't able to mention today just for the sake of time. So please make sure that you follow our A to Z running page and we're going to be updating you throughout the Olympics and into the week as these events are unfolding. You'll find that at A to Z running on Instagram. And we want to update you a little bit about those cardboard beds that Paul Chalimo was posting about and he mentioned last week. Uh, Well, Corey McGee says that they're comfortable. 
Okay. <laughs> Zach's like, okay. Well, you know, we're going to take that okay. personal experience. And then also, uh, as I have been seeing these athletes posting about their Olympic experience so far, they're talking about Tokyo and Japan's hospitality during these games. And what I mentioned last week about the AC was not true of Japan. That mm. was actually a different training camp. So the reports that I have seen have mostly been positive, and we think we're very thankful that Japan has really taken on the most complex Olympic games as far as strategies and details ever in history, right? And it's probably important to at least reflect briefly. And since Andy has told me not to be too cynical, I'll keep it brief. But keep in mind, everything these athletes are posting and sharing goes through the lens of Team USA says, here are things you are and are not allowed to say about this stuff. Mm. And I've competed for Team USA before. And I've sat in a room where they told us, here are things you are not allowed to say about this stuff. So who knows exactly what they're experiencing, but it sounds like it's fun. Yeah, and we're excited as fans of the sport to get to the details. So let's get started. Zach, the games in general. <sighs> okay, so first, about it. yeah, first, just a couple brief reflections. Um, one thing, uh, since 2016 in Rio, there have been two major world championships, and we're going to continue to reference these throughout this mm -hmm. conversation. So you should know, when we talk about London, that's not the London Olympics from 2012. That's the London World Championships in 2017, and then the Doha World Championships from 2019. And here's how this works, basically, in world athletics, which is like track and field. They have the Olympics on the every four-year schedule, and then they have the world championships on the odd years. They do not do a world championship on an even year. And so there's a year off kind of in the middle of it all where there's no outdoor world championships. And so that's why you wouldn't hear about, like, for instance, a 2018 outdoor world championship because mm. there, there isn't one. So that being the case, now you understand when we're referencing international competition. Those are some key details. Now, in general... There are some things we tend to get really excited about more and less than other things. And so you're going to hear everything through the lens of Andy and Zach and the things we're really fired up about. And as Andy mentioned, we can't really talk about everything important because we don't have the time and you don't have the attention span to listen to all of that mm -hmm. all at once. Mm -hmm. So we'll try to address some key details for instant like our favorite events in particular. So we're, we're going to talk about distance events. We're not really going to touch on anything shorter than the 800 meters or any of the events outside of track because we don't have time to address that. And these are the things that we talk about when we talk about running. Um, and also, the marathon. And, well, yes, that's included, uh, mm -hmm. even though it's not a track event. Um, and also it's important to note that these races tend to unfold in lots of different kinds of ways. There's some nuances to the different events. And so we'll try to kind of infuse that in a little bit. Yeah. And then the final comment is there are certain matchups that are just especially yes. exciting this year. Um, and even more so after the COVID year, because athletes weren't racing each other in the ways and that frequency that they have in the past. So there are some really highly anticipated matchups like Sifan Hassan and Latessin Betkide in the 10,000. Like Jacob Ingebrigtsen and everyone he's racing in any of the events that he's running. So there's there's some exciting things, and we're going to address those as we go. Absolutely. So quick note about the schedule before we get into it. Um, Tokyo is 13 hours ahead of Eastern Standard Time in the United States. So we're going to include on our page the schedule of finals and when they are. So you can see at a glance what days, but those days are based off of Tokyo time. So mm -hmm. if it's a final, like for instance, in the first half of the day, like the marathons or morning races, then it's actually happening live the day before if you're in the United States. And yeah. so that's that's an important reflection. We'll include links to that and as well a link to the complete schedule that you can view um, in, in with the time zones shared too. Mm -hmm. So that noted, the first final coming up is, and we're going to share all of these events, by the way, in order of when their finals are. So, so that's how we're trying to structure this. First final will be the men's 10,000 meter to kick everything off for us. And that's on Friday, July 30th in the evening. So it would be coming up. Soon. And soon. let's get into it. Uh, 26 men are entered in that mm -hmm. race. And a quick couple of notes. Uh, Andy has this fascinating Olympic history thing about the 10,000. Olympic history. The first men's 10,000 meter run was contested in 1912. In that year, there was actually a semifinal. Oh, brutal. Yeah. And modern day Olympics, as many of you know, the 10,000 meter run goes straight to finals. Yeah, so the 26 people running, they're not going to do a prelim for that. Although it is, that's a busy, uh, that's a busy track race with 26 people on the track. 
And two-time winner Mo Farah, we got to mention that he uh, won't be there. And uh, he's been the reigning champion the past two Olympics, so it kind of opens the door to a new champion, which is always very exciting. And world championships in between some of those Olympics yeah, as yeah. well. Yeah. So without uh, – you always kind of get this vacuum situation. When the great one – is no longer competing at the event, who are the next ones kind of thing. And mm-hmm. it's always fascinating to see. And there's some really good ones. <laughs> Absolutely. So let's talk about some of those really good ones. Of course, we have to talk about world record holder Joshua Cheptegei of Uganda. And there's a lot of reasons why this is not necessarily the conversation that we would have predicted a year ago when we're talking about Joshua Cheptegei because this past summer and spring, he has not been in exceptional form. And so he's not been running very fast times and he's not been competing especially well internationally. So there's a question as to what's going to happen at the games, because, you know, it doesn't really matter how well you compete in the spring. It only really matters how well you compete. Exactly. On Jan- and we've July talked about 30th. that a few times. <laughs> like this is not where he's meaning to peak, you know, nope. or I nope. mean, this is now, this but is now, not but back then. then when he was yeah. running in all these, you know, other events that wasn't time to peak. So now it is. And as we've talked about on the show, you know, those are a lot of veteran runners are the ones who are going to be showing up big time for championship races. Now, Joshua Cheptegei has won, you know, the 2019 World Championships yep. in Doha. So he has some some experience, you could say. And he holds the world record in the 5K and the 10K. And he was in the 2016 Rio Olympics as just a young guy. Uh, maybe like, it was, I think it was 20 years old in the games that time. And uh, 19, actually. Um, and so as, as he competed in those games, he was 6th in the 10,000 and eighth in the 5,000. And so uh, has some good international experience mm-hmm. across the board here. Um so he's a guy who can, who can put it together. Mm-hmm. We'll just see how good of shape he's in. Mm. Speaking of people in good shape right now, Jacob Kiplimo, countryman of Cheptegei from Uganda, um, he is the young one on the scene. And so while Cheptegei has been breaking all the records, Kiplimo has been beating, been running all the competitive races and winning lots of them. Mm. Um, and, and he's been running like record-breaking performances too. But uh, so Kiplimo, the U20 cross-country title at age 16. And then he's just been on the scene since then for years now. Silver in 2019 World Cross-Country Championships. World Half Marathon Champion in 2020. According to World Athletics, he announced that his goal, not specifically at the Olympics, apparently, is to break the 10,000-meter world record. Mm-hmm. So he thinks he's in shape to best his countrymen yep. at his best. Yep. And so that being the case, he's also run 26:33 this season. <laughs> so he's there. Yeah. And he's definitely put himself as one of the guys to beat. Yamif Kajelcha of Ethiopia, world silver in Doha in the 10,000 meter, multiple Diamond League wins. He's one of these guys that has the range. So he's run ex- exceptionally fast, especially like indoors in the 1,500 and 3,000. He's run fast outdoors in middle distance events. Um, and then now in the 10,000, he's just been dominant for mm-hmm. years. And so he's going to be one to watch, especially if it comes down to a final kick because he has some serious leg mm-hmm. speed. Mohamed of Canada. Speaking of leg speed, he's he's got a range too, but fourth in the 5,000 in Rio. And so now bumping up to the 10,000 here, he's, he's doing the double, but uh, bumping up to the 10,000 um, here at this international stage, he's definitely a threat. Doubled in Doha as well, finishing fourth in the 5,000, sixth in the 10,000. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll see him in the 10,000 and 5,000 here in Tokyo. And then we've got Rogers Kwamoy of Kenya, who is fourth at the World Championships in Doha and has some more not as prominent accolades as some of the others. And you've got a few other exceptional names on the list. We just can't, of course, try to talk about every single person. Those are some to watch. We do want to give a nod to Team USA, as we will do with each of the mm-hmm. events. Woody Kincaid, Grant Fisher, and Joe Klecker, you call from the trials in that order for second, third. Woody Kincaid and Grant Fisher ran some of the nastiest last 400s in both the 10,000 and 5,000 at the U.S. trials. And that is just exciting because that tells us, you know, they've got championship racing kind of mm-hmm. potential because that's what championship races tend to be. So uh, Kincaid also uh, of Bowerman Track Club and, and teammate Grant Fisher. And he's also a podcaster. Um yeah. with the Sidious Mag stuff, and he, yeah. he does a podcast with them. So you've you've heard his voice if you listen to any mm-hmm. of their things. Um, Grant Fisher, by the way, grew up in Blank, Grand Blank, Michigan. Exciting because it's somewhat local for us. Um, and it was fun to kind of watch him in high school because yes. it was, you know, he was he was rising 
steadily and we paid to attention prominence. to running at that yes. time too so he was know rising he was. steadily to prominence and it's just like oh this is exciting this guy from grand blank grant fisher he's fast he's good and he just kept getting better and better and then it's like oh he's like you know national caliber and then you know collegiately went to stanford and it's like yeah he's pretty good oh he's getting better and better and then goes pro after stanford and it's like wow he's basically one of the best ever yeah and it just he just continues on so it's exciting mm-hmm. to see the progress excellent okay um joe klecker by the way you know we have to mention on athletics Club. yes and of course the olympic legacy as you've heard us discuss with his family and so being able to continue that on we know that he's excited about it we know his family's excited about it and of course we know his team is excited about it and he's uh, he's got some great potential we'll see how this race unfolds because as you know with certain athletes certain kinds of races tend toward their strengths and so depending on the nature of the race different people find themselves close to the front Ugandan teammates Cheptegei and Kiplimo are both going to be doing the 5,000, 10,000 meter double, as well as U.S. teammates Grant Fisher and Woody Kincaid. So we're going to see some familiar names across these lists there. Let's jump to the men's 3,000 meter steeplechase. The final will be contested on Monday, August 2nd, and the preliminary heats will be on Friday, July 30th. They have 46 athletes in the preliminary round, three heats, and then the final will be more like, it'll end up being Is like 16. Is that a lot, Zach? Is 46 um, a lot? No. Is average you you're gonna see you hear the numbers here somewhere between 40 and 50 in almost every single distance event and then depending on which event they'll do preliminary rounds to try to make it a smaller final so the steeplechase needs to be a smaller final than the 5,000 and the 10,000 so they'll do three preliminary round three heats and then um, after those three heats it'll be like 16 to 20 in the final so Olympic history on the steeplechase. We've given you some before, but I want to give you something a little different. Uh, the steeplechase made its first Olympic appearance in 1900 for the Summer Olympics. Oh, yeah. And men had two distances that they mm. could compete over, and that was the 2,500-meter run and 4,000-meter run. Which I find that to be very strange because they're very similar distances. <laughs> so why do both of them? I don't know. I feel like the longer you go, every single lap in a steeplechase is, you know, just waiting for death to gulp you up. Yeah, I'd love to see a longer distance steeplechase contested. Oh, that would be brutal. It would be fun. Oh, geez, no. Well, here's some fun, interesting modern facts, because if you have been paying attention to the steeplechase in recent several championships, Conceslis Kipruto of Kenya was the guy. So the it, guy. <laughs> the guy. The man. Gold in Rio, gold in London, gold in Doha. So the last three international contests he won, he will not be at the games mm. this year. And so as a consequence, gold is open. You know, th- that that was basically sealed for three straight championships. Now, not only is Capruto out of the equation, but also Evan Yeager of the United States, who was a two-time medalist of those three championships as well. Mm. And so now you've got two of the big stages. And then we take out one of the French guys who was a medalist and he's not going to be there. And suddenly you're realizing that this is a vulnerable metal stand which is very exciting which is very exciting mm-hmm. so we're going to tell you a little bit about some of the favorites here but before we do i wanted to mention you would notice if you've been watching these results there were no ethiopians in the rio final and ethiopia currently might be fielding the best steeplechase team which is just an incredible okay. transition yeah. and they've discussed this a lot uh in, in various like let's run community and such um why is it that ethiopia hasn't historically been very strong in the steeplechase and suddenly is um and it's it's a fascinating conversation i encourage you to kind of look for information on stuff like that if you want to read more now that said here are the players lamecha girma of ethiopia is certainly one of the if not the one to beat world rank mm-hmm. number one there is a little bit of controversy by the way surrounding um some of the Ethiopian qualification stuff because Ethiopia basically said at their trials you couldn't double and then it turns out a lot of their athletes are doubling. They also said that if you didn't run an event in their trials, they wouldn't put you on the team in that event for the Olympics and then they did with some. So there's some really fascinating things around what Ethiopia, maybe they were doing it on purpose to try to trick other countries. No, well, Zach, you discovered something. I'm not sure you want to share it on mm. air, but it's a speculation in regards to qualifying in one event and being qualified well, in another event, perhaps? Yeah, so some teams field four athletes in an event, and you're only supposed to have three. And there's a question of, well, how can you have four? Uh, but you'll notice any of the teams that have four in an event, the fourth one is also running another event. And so as if an athlete is doubling at the Olympics, they don't count against the team's quota in one of those And events. we could be wrong, but this seems to be a new thing, and maybe that's perhaps why 
Ethiopia said like no doubling, but then there actually are is doubling because they're not going to take away the opportunity. It doesn't count against their team. It doesn't count against them, so it's an, an extra opportunity for you know for their team to get more points. Yes, and it is fascinating. Now, what's especially interesting is the United States did not take advantage of that in some of these scenarios, and so. But some of them they did. Some of them they did, yeah. but some of them they didn't, and there's always a question as to why. We don't know, but. Um, but we did some if you deep know, dives into <laughs> yes. the World Wide Web to try to figure this if out. If you know, share with us, please. Okay, so back to Girma. Um, he is the silver medalist from the Doha World Championships. He's got fast times, the Ethiopian record, eight oh one. Good stuff going on. Current world leader in this season. So he's on the top of his game right now and won the Monaco Diamond League. If you recall, the Monaco Diamond League was the one where they rang the bell too soon. Oh, yeah. And mm -hmm. we've included a link to that if you forgot about that. But um, so he won that race. But it was Benjamin Keegan of Kenya who looked like he was going to win it before all of the fiasco. So, yeah. Speaking of Keegan, because... <laughs> Gotta watch for him. Yes, you do, because he looked like he was in best shape form in that Monaco Diamond League, which means he's uh, he's really close to that right now. Also, now he's got a chip on his shoulder from sure. what happened in that race. And for sure. many, that fuels. He looked he looked like he was going to crush it, too. Yes, he so. did. Yep, he's ready to crush it here at the Olympics. World ranked number four, sixth in Doha, and clearly ready to race as noted. Mm-hmm. Sufian El-Bakali of Morocco is definitely one to watch. World ranked number two. He's also, he's nearly tied with Girma for the world leading time. Um, and he's been, he's been there for a while now mm. at the top of the game. So certainly if you just look at kind of like historically, and if he's still in best shape form, which it looks to be that he is, um, He's, he's certainly one of the guys with the most experience in the field. Fourth in Rio, second in 2017 in London, and third in Doha. So two medals out of the last three championships. And fourth in Rio when two of the guys, no, sorry, all three of the guys in front of him are not in the current yeah. games. That speaks well mm -hmm. for him. All right. Oh, by the way, he also has eight Diamond League victories across his career. So he can win That's races. That's a lot. Yes. Um, if you were betting money, he'd be your safest bet for this game in the steeplechase. A couple quick notable mentions. Gednet Wale of Ethiopia is one of the ones doubling. So he's going to okay. be doing the steeplechase 5,000 double. And in the steeple, he was fourth in Doha, ninth in London. Okay. So he's got he's got the track record. Jalali Bedrani of France. And France knows how to field steeplechasers. They've been doing it well for years now. And that's always something interesting to, to pay attention to. So here's another. He's world ranked number seven. He was fifth in Doha. So definitely. So these people that potential. are like having, they're, they're in two events, like these seasoned runners who are strong enough to back up their, their racing with more than one event. I find that extremely impressive, especially when it's something like the steeplechase. And I think steeplechasers need that kind of strength. Hmm. Because at the end, you don't want to be clipping any barriers or falling in any water pit, pits. Your legs are so tired to have to endure this specific event. So when we see things like that, we know that they're strong and that they're contenders. Yeah. Don't forget about Abraham Kibiwat of Kenya, world ranked number six, seventh in Doha, and Hillary Bohr of the Hillary United Bohr, States. Hillary yes. So another one who's got the experience, because yes. a lot of these other steeplechasers are a little bit newer, but Hillary Bohr, world ranked number eight, he was eighth in Doha, seventh in Rio, mm. and he was in the London championships as well, but he just didn't make final in that one. It was yeah. one of his not as good races. And if you want to hear from Hillary Bohr about championship racing and you haven't listened to that episode yet, you need to and listen yeah. to it soon because it will help clear up what is going on in the minds of these athletes at the Olympics because championship level racing is different. And so getting into the mind of Hillary Bohr was fascinating so that link will be in the blog post a to z running.com slash episode 95 the question is always you can run fast but can you win races is is that's that yeah. ongoing thing there's mm -hmm. a lot of fast people in the world but not all of them are good at winning races mm -hmm. and hillary Bohr, he's, he's got something to say about that so just a quick note about the rest of the united states team bernard keeter is uh this going to be his first steeple appearance at an international championship as well as mason furlick so both of them debuting their international U.S. team championships. Mm -hmm. Good stuff. Mm -hmm. All right, Andy, tell us about the women's 5,000. Personally, one of my favorite events to watch. General Olympic history prior to 1996, women had competed in an Olympic 3,000-meter run. Um, so that started in 1984. So it's a fairly new event. 1996 was not that long ago. I was not rocking the side pony then. So it, these are days that I actually... Wait, what? 
I mean, side pony. a side pony? Yeah. Like you rode a horse on its side? No, a side pony, Zach. You don't know what a side pony is? I just think it's so strange you said that. (laughs) Well, I am super excited to share with you what's going on in this women's field. It's very strong. Helen O'Beary of Kenya, she won silver in 2016 at the Olympics in Rio, and she won gold at the London World Championships in the 5,000-meter run, and Helen won gold at the World Championships in Doha exceptional yes. track record yes and she is i want to mention a mother runner uh-huh. so yeah coming back from childbirth to be the best in the world and she has entered in both the 5,000 and 10,000 meter runs and the rivalry here sifan uh-huh. hissan of the netherlands so 5,000 on paper is actually her weakest event but she's not weak well no <laughs> nope not at <laughs> all sifan won both the 1500 and the 10,000 meter run at the 2019 world championships mm. in doha and Everyone's talking about it. She is doing the triple. She is entered currently in the triple for the Olympic Games. This is unreal, folks. This does not happen in running events for the distance stuff, at least. All right. Trivia. Anyone comment on any of our places? Has anyone ever done the triple at the Olympics before? 1,500, 5,000, 10,000. Now, obviously, these events haven't all been competed in all the Olympics. But has any distance runner tripled? I need you to find out. Yes. Tell us in the comments. Mm -hmm. And we'll tell you if you're right. Oh, I love that. It's fun. Uh, Gudaf Segei of Ethiopia. She won silver in the 5K at the 2019 World Championships in Doha. And kind of a fun fact, her husband is her coach. Mm, I'm sorry, Segei. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, it's not a gruff dynamic. I'm enjoying this dynamic of Zach coaching me. Anyway, entered in the 5,000 and the 10,000 meter runs. And she does hold currently the indoor 1,500 meter record. And we talked about at these championship events. The people with those the closing speed are dangerous. Oh yeah. So watch out for her because she's got that fifteen hundred meter speed in her legs. Her and everyone else from Ethiopia in the five thousand, it would look like, because they all made this list. Mm-hmm. So let me just mention Simberi Teferi and Edgaye Taye of Ethiopia are both threats to this. And part of the reason why is because these three at the Ethiopian championship went uh, all three of them under 1420 mm-hmm. for their 5,000 yep. in the same race. And Eilish McCoggan of Great Britain is trending fast. So I just wanted to mention her because I could see her stealing a, a medal for sure. Uh, she's got the British record now in the 5,000 meter run and just keeps getting faster. Now, Team USA don't want to bat an eye at them either. They are ones to watch as well. And at least Cranny is the U.S. Olympic trials champion, part of Bowerman Track Club. And I have to share, I love these like fascinating side facts, but she said this on the Olympic website, you can't be constantly shaken by a bad workout. And you also have to keep it fun, joyful, and exciting. Focus on what you're doing well and what's allowing you to grow and take steps forward. So yeah, we've heard it from the top. Elise Cranny says, hey, shake it off, people. We got some bad workouts sometimes. It doesn't mean you're a bad runner. It's okay. Keep moving on. Keep progressing. So thank you for that, Elise. We're cheering for you at the Olympics. And then Carissa Schweitzer, she is the second fastest woman in U.S. history in the 5,000-meter run of, uh, behind teammate Shelby Houlihan, mm-hmm. who, of course, is not here at the Olympics. Most of you know the story. If you don't, Feel free to message me. I'll tell you the story. (laughs) And this is a really interesting fun fact about Carissa is that her inspiration for the sport, the person who's been her support in all of her running career throughout all stages of it has been her grandpa. She calls her grandpa the night before competition every single time. She says a quick prayer before she goes out. But besides that, I mean, that like that's her tradition, calling her grandpa. And her grandfather, as I mentioned, Frank, uh, he was an all-American D2 runner, and he coached cross-country for four years. Ah, so, like, he gets it. He gets the sport. Years. It's a legacy for them, and then also this special relationship that they have. Very cool stuff. Rachel Schneider, first-time Olympian, but also a very speedy runner, and she is one to be excited about. She's engaged to Mike Smith, who's the famous coach of NAU, who have won four out of the five last cross-country titles and is now coached to Galen Rupp. Mm. Mm-hmm. Very interesting things. Yes, and she's very versatile. She mm-hmm. has run the fifth fastest mile of all time mm-hmm. by a U.S. athlete. She's 10th in, on the all-time list for the 10,000-meter run and 11th in the 5,000. 
So moving on then to the next event on the schedule will be the women's 800 mm. meter. We're going to see six preliminary heats in this one and then three semifinal heats and then the final. So you're going to see them running on July 30th, July 31st and August 3rd mm. for the final. Now the women's 800 meter is terribly exciting terribly like this is gonna be historic i'm just gonna put it out there this is well, gonna be it, it could be historic. it could be but whether or not there's like a, a world record or anything it is going to be a showdown of some amazing greats in the history of our sport some new some seasoned some ready to get in the mix any of about 10 different women should be able to win this race on any day and so that being the case, it has a lot to do with who's going to make the final, because if some of the big players don't make final, which does happen nearly every time, um, then it kind of like weeds out some of the question marks. And now you're left with a totally different question. And so we'll try to set you up here. A thing Moo of the United States is my favorite to win the race. I think she's going to win it hands down, because I don't think anyone can feel as good as she does running 156. We watched some footage of those in Diamond League. Some of the ladies we're going to get to running at the end of their race, it was a 156, and they were just like looks of pain all over. They were, you know, flailing their arms, just trying to get across the line at 156. Well, at the U.S. Olympic trials, a thing Mo had, a thing Mo, excuse me, had a 156, and she looked effortless, like a graceful effortless. gazelle running. <laughs> like I was, I was thinking she could do another rep of this. Now, everyone keeps saying, but she has no experience. She has no experience. It doesn't matter. She holds composure. She doesn't need the experience because she's not phased by the setting. Every every race she's done at every level, she looks great. No mm -hmm. problem. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, she's young. Yeah, she could be nervous. Doesn't matter. She's excellent. So I think I think she's a shoe-in for a medal. Speaking of excellence, Ajay, Ajay Wilson. Wilson. So Ajay Wilson is the experience experienced one on the program here specifically for the united states and world ranked number one she's got two-time world bronze medals in london and doha four diamond league victories in 2019 alone mm -hmm. with seven total in her career so she's got the experience she knows how to win races she's very fast and she's looking great this season mm -hmm. so you definitely can anticipate a good day from her if she's putting pieces together and you might want to know like why and how she's so calm well we did an episode with her about that so we're going to link to that as well if you're just getting excited make sure you do that listen to Ajay Wilson talk about her racing it's exciting Rosemary Almanza of Cuba is another one to watch she's world ranked number 12 but she's got a recent Diamond League victory in Stockholm and she's run 156 recently which means she's in great shape and she's trending up and you know momentum matters for these things so mm -hmm. she's entering the Olympic Games confident that she's in the best shape of her life and ready to race well now some quick notable mentions Great Britain's certainly fielding a great team Keely Hodgkinson the young one the teenager and Gemma Riki are both in great form looking to run fast times they've been fit this season so we can see that momentum into the games natoya ghoul of jamaica world number two with a mid 156 season best and it's only a shade slower than her lifetime pr so that speaks well and then halima nakai of uganda is the defending world champ from doha world number three but she hasn't looked quite as strong this season as some of the others so if she brings it back, you know she's a threat. We'll see. Raven Rogers of the United States, also world number four, silver medal in Doha, and she's looking great right now as well, certainly in personal best form, which means she's clearly a medal threat. Ab so, yeah, absolutely. as noted, at least 27,000 women in the 800 could win a medal. Mm -hmm. That brings us to the women's steeplechase. There are certainly ones to watch in the women's steeplechase. Winifred Yavi of Bahrain was fourth in the steeplechase at Doha. And then we also have Gessa Krauss of Germany. She won bronze medals in steeplechase at both the 2015 and the 2019 World Championships. She also holds the German record, of course. Mm -hmm. And then, oh, we got to talk about Beatrice Treptegetsch. Chepkwich. Oh, Chepkwich. I always mess that one up. Chepkwich. Uh, she's the favorite to win. She was the 2019 world champion. And I say favorite, but it could be mixed up. And so. I'm going to downplay in my own opinion that favoritism simply because of the, the way she's been racing this season. It looks like others seem to have her on the edge. Uh, but clearly you can't discount her. Uh, Hyvin Kiang, uh, silver in uh, Rio for the 2016 Olympics. So if, as a silver medalist, you cannot, uh, you know, put off this woman. She is definitely a threat to the podium. She was third at the 2017 World Championships in London. 
or PR is nine flat. She was the 2015 world champion. Lots of experience there. And the U.S. is in the mix. So as I'm talking about like ones to watch, these women are very strong contenders for medals. Emma Coburn, you see her all over. She is the face of NBC and Team USA. And she was bronze medalist at the 2016 Olympic Games in Rio, 2019 world champ, silver medalist, and then 2017 world champion. Now, although she has some of that hardware, her teammate, U.S. teammate, Courtney Frerichs, is the American record holder with that nine flat time. Excellent. Yes, which means that with that time, Courtney Ferrix is is up there with the fastest um, gold. So absolutely, yeah. uh, you know, I think Emma Emma was kind of like she ran a race recently, Diamond League, and she fell, and she was pretty close to that time. She might have gotten close, but anyway, it's exciting for Team USA because Emma Coburn, Courtney Ferrix could either one of them could get gold and, and remember, both of them could get medals they were the one two double yes in, in yes. 2017 one of the most exciting u.s runs of all time i would have to say so it For wouldn't anyway. it wouldn't even be unprecedented if they went one two in the race like that that's incredible stuff good val constein new olympian she trains with jenny simpson and according to an interview with women's running she said she wasn't a standout in college but she's made a lot of great decisions post-collegiately that have helped her move her career along and running and then making it to this Olympic stage. But even before that, in 2020, uh, this year, in 2021, Vela set four personal bests. Mm. And that the, the final one was the Olympic trials with a six-second PR. So she's trending faster and faster. And if anything, the month break after the trials probably is a very good thing for her because running steeples repeatedly like that is a very difficult thing on your body. And so with a little bit of a kind of like a time away from having to compete really hard at the steeple, it's going to refresh her a bit and continue that momentum, hopefully. Mm -hmm. Good things. The men's 800 meter next up on the docket. The final will be on Wednesday, August 4th. And just like the women's, there's six preliminary heats and three semifinals. Now, a quick uh, modern fact Mm. in detail. Uh, there's going to be a new champion lately. The champion has been the same person. David Rudisha of Kenya is basically the guy that did all the winning for a period there. It's certainly world record amongst many other things. Well, we're going to see someone new because Rudisha's not in the mix here. Um, and we definitely don't know who the favorite is in the race. Mm. And that's one of the most exciting things. There are yeah. certainly people who have kind of set themselves above the field in some ways, but the 800 at the world level can be anyone's run yeah and a lot of these guys i I had a hard time coming up with a list for this because a lot of them are within a couple seconds of each other one second i mean at 800 meter level there is there's just so many good runners so who's to say that when you know on the day someone's not gonna break out of their shell for one second faster pr and take the win (laughs) so all right so in karate we have wait (laughs) no this time he's not in karate anymore right Right. So that's a fun fact about Amel Tuka. He's nicknamed Tato, and he competed in karate at a national level. His personal best is an impressive 142.5. And so don't mess with him in the race. Don't mess with him. Because he'll wreck you in one of two ways. Either he'll beat you or and he'll destroy you by fighting you. (laughs) Well, he was second at the 2019 World Championships in Doha, third at the 2015 World Championships in Beijing. And then Nigel Amos of Botswana, who has been off the scene, off his game since his youthful craziness when he was like 18 years old, second in the 2012 London Olympics. Well, since then, he has not necessarily shown himself to be consistent, largely because of some health issues, um, injury stuff. But he's back on the game recently, winning a Diamond League race, as well as uh, running a 142 and change, which is always impressive. He does also own the World U-20 record in a 141.73. Yep. Pierre uh, Ambrose Bosse of France, he was the 2017 800-meter world champion in London and fourth at the Olympics in Rio in 2016. So this guy knows how to race. Absolutely. And uh, don't forget about things like Giles Elliott of Great Britain, who's got the momentum in his favor. He's been racing really well in the diamond circuit this summer, and we know that the British are watching him for a potential medal Mm -hmm. as well. Now for the U.S. team. Isaiah Jewett. I want to read a quote. 
I am a person that is going to fight until the end. I'm not a person that is going to give up. If I do make mistakes, which I do all the time, I'm going to get back up and I'm going to fight again because that is who Isaiah Jewett is. And we saw that at the Olympic trials. And it was amazing to see how gutsy and brave this gentleman runs. And although he is new, he is not timid. So for this Olympic Games, he's a little bit of a wild card as to how he's going to run, except we know that he's not afraid to run hard and he's not going to give up. So that was pretty exciting. And we did want to just touch back with that whole paper thing. He did finish it. He did complete it. And he what, said he was grinding. The, the homework? Yeah, the homework. We don't need to tell people <laughs> about it. Homework. Okay, let's move on. Bryce Hopple. <laughs> Bryce was fourth at the 2019 World Championships in Doha. And he was also fourth at the 2019 Pan Am Games in Lima. Excellent. He's got some international competition under his belt, as well as the U.S. favorite, Clayton Murphy. Yes. yes, he was the U.S. Trials champion, of course, and then bronze medalist at the 2016 Olympic Games in Rio. So he has an Olympic medal, and he was also part of the 4x8 World Relays team for USA that won gold. And fun fact, his wife, uh, Ariana Murphy, is also a professional sprinter. Well, <sighs> also a professional runner, but she's a sprinter. I should say. Because he except, is not a sprinter. Except that, he like sprints an 800. I don't know. He's, <laughs> That's good stuff. He's pretty darn fast. Excellent. It's fun to be far, part of fast families. Mm-hmm. So the men's 5,000 meter final will be on August 6th. There will be two preliminary heats, and then they'll weed this 43-man field down to about 20-ish for the final. Mm. And then a uh, quick note, in 2019 in Doha, the Ethiopians had their way with the field. They went first, second, fourth in that race. And not a single one of those three men are competing in Tokyo. Wow. So then what it kind of went wide open. Yeah, I mean, a lot of different reasons, Andy. Okay. As you know, some got hurt. Some, you know, some have retired or have not been running since as much. Anyway, so that's interesting. Now, this field is definitely wide open. We've got the likes of Jakob Ingebrigtsen. Zach's favorite. Running, he is my favorite for this race. I definitely see him if, well, okay. There's one caveat because in June he was sick and had to take a little bit of time off running. I had like a, a bad throat uh, infection, they said. Mm. Um, well, so as a consequence, there's a question of whether he maintained his momentum well, but then he came back in Monaco Diamond League and ran 329 and a 1500. Snap. He didn't win the race though. And so you, you beg the question, he can run fast, but is he, does he have the edge, you know, that razor edge that you need for, for international contests? We'll see. We'll see. But in the last 18 months, he's broken nearly every Norwegian and European record from 1,500 through 5K. So he's good. Does he have his edge? All right. Now, that said, Mo Katir, Mohamed Katir of Spain, is another one with some of the exciting momentum going behind him right now. He's world ranked number three in the 5,000, but he is on fire. If you recall, this summer he broke three Spanish national records, 1,500, 3,000, 5,000. He did it winning two Diamond League races and almost won another one. So he's right there. And doing that stuff. like race at the end where he passes on the corner turn and then oh, had, he's got the fire in the finish. Mm-hmm. Well, we can't ignore Joshua Cheptegay as mentioned earlier because he holds the world record because he is definitely one who knows how to win races. We'll just see if he has the edge now when it counts most. And other notable mentions. We do want to still comment on Jacob Kiplimo of Uganda. The countrymen, as we mentioned, they're doing the double together. Yes. Um, and, and Jacob Kiplimo seems to be stronger the longer the race gets, but he also holds the Ugandan 3,000-meter national record in a race that he beat Jakob Ingebrigtsen last summer. Wow. <laughs> so he's got it. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Very exciting. Paul Chalimo of the United States. We've got to mention him as one of the p- potential medalists here because... He medaled in Rio in the silver and medaled in bronze with the bronze. Sorry, medaled in London with the bronze. Yeah. And so medaling two out of the last three international championships, the guy knows how to race. And, of course, you'll remember he's the Olympic trials champion for this year, and he just showed an amazing finish. He is so strong right now. And a lot of people wonder, like, throughout the season, oh, is Paul Chalimo ready? This man is ready when he needs to be ready. And he only feels that he needs to be ready when it's time to be ready. He He's not going to have to prove anything to you because he knows that he is an Olympic contender, yeah. medalist contender. Keep an eye on Gednet Wale of Ethiopia, who's doing the double steeplechase 5,000. Wow. Not many Ouch. steeplechasers <laughs> double into other events. And it's very uncommon. And it's also very challenging because the steeple takes a lot out of you. Yes. So he has to run the steeplechase before the 5,000 in, ter- in order of events. Oh, That's man. tough. 
But he's also got a 12.53 PR, mm. and that was recent. Okay. So he's in great shape. We'll see. We'll, we'll see. see. Mohamed of Canada is also doing that double 10,000, 5,000. And, you know, he hasn't finished worse than sixth in a 5,000 since 2016. Mm-hmm. Now we mentioned the double up with our U.S. team as well with Grant Fisher and Woody Kincaid. Absolutely that. Now for the women's 1,500 meter. Mm-hmm. There'll be three preliminary heats on Monday and then two semi-heats. And then on Friday, August 6th, we will see the finals in great anticipation of this excellent field. Um, Gabriella Dupuy Stanford from Canada. Will you correct me on that? Stafford. Stafford, sorry. Dubois Stafford. <laughs> and I know I, I should know it because I definitely follow her. She's an excellent one to watch. But she has broken numerous national records in 2019. The indoor mile the 5,000-meter record, and the outdoor 1,500-meter record, mile and 5,000-meter record. That's a mouthful because it's a lot of records to be broken. And she also added the indoor 1,500-meter record in 2020. So I I could go on and on about her, but we don't have time. Could indeed. Laura Muir from Great Britain is one. Now, you've heard us mentioning what she's going to do. There's a question mark there. She ended up opting for the 1500 only instead of the 1500. Which is amazing. It's like it's mind boggling that someone can be that good in the 800 and be even better or more confident in another event. Absolutely that. So she's got a lot of Diamond League victories. She was fourth in the 1500 and sixth in the 5000 in 2017 Mm -hmm. and seventh at the 2016 Rio Olympics. So she's got the experience. She's been on fire in the last year. Let's see how she puts it together in Tokyo. Someone I'm a fan of is Faith Kipyegon from Kenya. Faith is the 2016 Olympic champion, silver medalist at the 2019 World Championships in Doha, and she was the champion, world champion, in 2017 in London. And then runner up <laughs> again. I feel like I'm like listing for you these amazing so accolades. But Faith Kipiagan is a very strong runner. She's one to watch. She also had to take some time off for when she had her child. And she's back again, best in the world. And she's one that you definitely want to watch because she is a contender. And then Safan Hassan. Hassan. Yet again, we will talk about Safan Hassan. It's part of her triple. She's ranked number one in the world in this event. So I'm not going to share all of her records, but in championships but there's all of them she's got all of them (laughs) she's got a lot so be sure to be watching for Sifan Hassan Faith Kipiega and it's gonna be a showdown I did want to at least say one other thing about Sifan Hassan which is she has 15 Diamond League victories in her career 15 and that's more than enough for a crown you are a queen Sifan Hassan (laughs) so the U.S. team Ellie Perrier St. Pierre 2021 U.S. Olympic trials champion we all love her we're all excited to watch to see what she does and of course she does warm our hearts with the fact that she lived on a farm milked 30 to 40 cows before she went to school each day she is like a hard-working gal who's really fun to get behind and then of course she is ridiculously speedy, holding the U.S. indoor mile and two-mile records. And Corey McGee, she was a 2011 Pan Am Junior Champion in the 1,500-meter run. It's been a while since then, but that is a pretty big accolade. <laughs> She's had four podiums, including the trials at U.S. Championships, and she trains with Team Boss. And Heather McLean is rounding out the U.S. team in 2019. She ran some impressive personal best times across the 1,500-meter and looks to be coming into the Tokyo Games in good form Mm -hmm. as well. Trending faster. Trending up, which you know is the direction you want to go. Now, let's talk women's marathon. So, by the way, they moved this final. It was going to be the first weekend of the track competitions. Now it's going to be the second weekend. It's on Saturday, August 7th. So I have an incredible story for you, but I'm not going to share it today. So you're going to have to subscribe to this podcast, and when we give you the results of the marathon, I have just fascinating history for you at the women's marathon and you're going to want to stay tuned so make sure you subscribe well we're going to get to the athletes competing at the 2021 tokyo olympic games bridget koskai she is the it's our olympic debut but she is like so far from being a newbie that it's unreal because she is the marathon world record holder in the event and a time of 214 04. Let yeah, that sink quite, in. That's quite fast. 2.14.04. She would be winning many marathons in the men's leagues. Uh, so this time is absolutely untouchable. I mean, I say untouchable, because we, but we do have a lot of greats during our time. But Until she, someone breaks it. And that's exactly. the rule. Well, she beat the previous record by 1 minute 24 seconds, which mm. is significant. She also did it before the Super Shoes. 
Yes. Reflect on that a moment. Okay. Before I didn't the know Super that fact. Shows. That is a very interesting fact. Yeah. Uh, Bridget also won the 2018 and 2019 Chicago marathons and the 2019 2020 London marathons. So she knows how to win on the big stage, and the Olympic victory is just the only one that she doesn't have yet. So we'll see. We'll, we'll be looking forward to that Olympic debut. It's Ruth, so bizarre. <laughs> Ruth Jepnigedich, countrywoman from Kenya, is also a dangerous threat. She's a 2019 world champion from Doha in the marathon championships. Third in the London Marathon, outkicked by Sarah Hall. Remember that? Yeah. But she's also got the half marathon world record in yes. 104.02. Smoking fast. Almost 30 seconds beyond Bridget Koske's best. So, yeah, that's yes. good. Um, Lona... Sel Peter, she is an Israeli runner. She has the sixth fastest uh, marathon time in the world's history at 2.17.45. And she's also won a handful of marathons, including the 2020 Tokyo Marathon. So she's one to watch. And then speaking of people to watch, the U.S. team, it's always exciting to support our own. Alephine Tuliamuk is the trials champion in what was just a really strong race. Well, she was busy in between the trials and now the Olympic Games as a new mom. So she gave birth to her daughter not too long ago, and she is in good form. Her training's looking great. No one's doubting her fitness. She just recently ran a steady long run in 540 pace. So I'd say that's a pretty Ouch. solid workout, showing that she's ready to show up in Tokyo. And then Molly Seidel, she was runner-up at the trials in her Olympic debut. Mm-hmm. Amazing story. Further improved pr- improved her time at the London Marathon in 2.25.13. And I have a f- fun fact. She apparently <laughs> plays the ukulele in banjo. Okay. All right. That's cool. Nice yeah. work, Molly. That's fun stuff. <laughs> and Sally Capiego to round out the U.S. team. At the 2012 London Olympics, Sally was fourth in the 5,000 meter and second in the 10,000 meter run. That is super impressive double. That wow. is definitely strong. Yes. Well and then she was second at the World Championships in 2011. And she was the runner-up in a more recent event in 2016 at the New York Marathon. Absolutely. So Another speaking, mother, mother runner. Just want to say that. <laughs> shout it out again. She's a mother runner. Speaking of women's distance races, later that same day on August 7th will be the women's 10,000 meters. So I hope no one was doubling. I, we were talking about that because that <laughs> does happen occasionally. Yeah. Keep, keep in mind, they moved the marathon schedule. So it, they but, didn't used to be on the same day. Yes. And you would usually want to do a 10,000 meter run before the marathon run, not run yeah. a marathon the morning of your 10,000 meter final. That would uh, Some suck. people are crazy. <laughs> so speaking of crazy duels, the 10,000 yes. meter is one of the highly anticipated ones because mm-hmm. if you recall, the women's 10,000 meter world record was broken twice within two days. And that was Sifan Hassan in 2906 and then Latessa Bekadeh in 2901 or something like that or 02. And so when they did that, everyone was like, oh, they should have raced each other. And like, no, just wait. Because at the games, they will. Yeah, we talked about how the agent must have set that up. Right. <laughs> now, uh, it's important to note that the interesting thing here is the 10,000 will be the final Final event in Sifan Hassan's triple. Okay. And so that who is knows how that will affect uh-huh. this contest. Interesting. Yes. So Sifan Hassan still is considered one of the favorites even after doing the triple. Um, cur- currently, she's world rank number one, defending national champion from Doha, and she did the double win there. Um, world record, uh, you know, that all that stuff. Okay. Latezembek G'day. Also one of the favorites now, so that's the duel. Uh, but it's important to note that she also holds the current world record in the 5,000, and she was silver in Doha behind Sifan Hassan. Okay. So this is kind of like a rematch in that yeah. sense. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. A rematch with, like, some interesting, you know, monkey wrenches. And there in. are plenty of others in the race looking to try to contest them because, you know, it's not likely, except for in Rio in 2016, that the world record is broken in the Olympics. Mm. So it's not likely to be that fast of a race. But if it is, uh, there are some others who can run fast times, like Helena Beery yes. of Kenya. Remember, she's, she's doubling. Double. Yep. yep. She's one of my favorite to watch. And then Emily Sisson, who knows what her potential is. That's we are it. excited to see her get in a match where she's super challenged and where she has other women running with her. It's going to be a different kind of race. Definitely Let's see will. how that elevates her. Of other course, notable mentions include Gudaf of Ethiopia. We mentioned her earlier. So she holds a world record in the 1500, which means she has very fast legs. And in yes. a 10,000 championship race, that matters it does these closing times are nuts susan crummins of the netherlands is another one that you probably haven't heard her name much but take a look at this track record she's world ranked number seven by the way she was fifth in the london world championships seventh in doha world championships 14th in rio she's basically just been on the international stage yeah right there right there right at the cusp of us all knowing about her so now you know 
so you won't be surprised to see her up there. And don't forget about Coco, Constanze Klosterhofen of Germany. She is world ranked number 13. She had the bronze in Doha 5,000. Mm-hmm. Now she's uh, testing herself at the 10,000. And 10,000, she is the German record holder now. Yes. Yep, we Which saw that go down in person. That was cool. in Austin, Texas in Yes, February. that was fabulous. United States team, including Sisson, will be Carisha Schweitzer, as you recall, and Alicia Monson. And the two of them both are strong. Carissa's got some interesting, uh, we'll see what she can do in 10,000 kind of thing because she's run 5,000 at an inter- international stage, but not 10,000. Mm-hmm. And Alicia Munson, of course, we've had her on the podcast and you can, you can get in her brain by listening to our episode with her. And that is about racing. So get into Alicia Munson's mind on the A to Z running podcast. I'll link to it. And let's mention now the men's 1500, which is one of my favorite events to watch in general. Is it Zach? Because it's so frustrating. <laughs> so the is men. Is that why? That's such yes, a funny thing. It That's is a funny why. Okay. Um, and here's here's how it goes. You understand the concept of what they the stigma around tactical championship races because mm, we've been talking yes. about it. So that's yes. where they go out really slow, and it's like really these are international athletes and they're running like high school speeds. For the first little bit of the race. And everyone's <laughs> like, wow, I could be in that race with them. That's what everyone watching says. Yeah, I yeah. could keep up. Um, until basically the last Not lap. Not everyone's like, most of us can say we can't. But, but you know. until the last lap. Yeah. And then everything goes crazy. Yeah. And people are tripping and falling and elbowing. And it's just like, why would you want to put yourself through that? And there's also that? sometimes like surges throughout that add some crazy dynamics. Just people weirdness. going at different times, covering moves. All the best of racing and championships. We have it going on here. And it's coming up soon in the 15 meter, or 1500 meter and run. And he's just getting excited suddenly. Okay, so when Central won in 2016, it was one of the slowest, nastiest first half to any race ever. And then just crazy booking it for the end. It was great. And Central won it, and it was awesome to watch. Well, let's see what happens this year because we've noticed that there are some athletes in the field this year who are not afraid to let it be an honest race, to go hard yeah, at the that's front. that's true. And when you have someone who's willing to do that, it changes everything. Yep. The question is, will they? I don't know, but we'll see. Timothy Chariot of Kenya is the favorite for the race mm-hmm. because he's world-ranked number one, because he's been winning Diamond Leagues. He's the defending world champion from Doha. He was silver in London. And he's got a chip on his shoulder from what all that stuff with Kenya where yeah. they didn't have him on the yep. team. And then he he's did get on the it team. now, right? And he's just he's on, he's on a war path. And you wrote here, like, he can win in different ways. Yeah. But I also have to say, like, he's not probably not going to be one to let it go super slow because he doesn't run in the complete back. Usually. So he's, like, yep. mid, Usually. like mid-pack, and then he moves up to, like, the f- the front mid, and then, you know. And he'll just take it. He'll take it yeah. if it's if he wants too to. too slow, yeah. And he, and he has no problem winning from the front, which a lot of athletes don't like doing that. And, and he doesn't mind it. So then we have the likes of Jakob Ingebrigtsen, which we <laughs> continue to say he is a threat because he's just on fire. And yeah. so if he's if he's Very got his edge, runner. he's going to be there. Also, I think it's important to note he can kick well from any pace. Yeah. So he can be running PR national record pace and still have a crazy kick. And he can be running terribly slow and then ratchet up suddenly and have mm-hmm. a crazy kick. So he can win any kind of race, which is always important to note. Matthew Centrowitz, our yeah. reigning Olympic champion. He's from the USA, of course, and was the U.S. Uh, trials runner up. And Ooh. if we were Ooh. writing this in May, we weren't we weren't going to be sure, like if if Centro would be on this. Like, but again, like I said with Paul Chilimo, these kind of gentlemen who have medaled at the Olympics. They don't need your affirmation before going into these events. They know what they need to do to be ready when it counts. And so, as we saw at the trials, Centro is ready when it counts. And we're looking forward to what he does during any kind of tactics for this event. And not just at the trials, but he also ran a mile PR yes. just a little bit ago. I know. Like in a little week. time trial, like pacers and him, basically, yeah. kind of kind of race. Which is not his kind of race. So not it's at actually all. super impressive that he was yeah. able to, to do that. And like he put it out there. He wrote this really gracious response saying he felt like he let people down, but people were really cheering for him. Because he said he was going to go for the yeah, American the record. American record. Yeah, I didn't get and context he missed it by two for and that. Half seconds. So, yeah, but the fact that he is usually a racer and not really a time trialing kind of guy is this is a, a really good showing of his fitness. And I'm excited to what he see what he can do when he has people pushing him. Marcin Lewandowski of Poland is another one to watch. He's world ranked number three bronze from Doha, and he's been looking great at the international stage like in Diamond Leagues. The one main thing is he doesn't look like he can win the big races when they're happening. He's always in it though. Mm. So, you know, if, if he's got it at the time when it really counts, then he's got it in a couple of weeks here. And that's yeah. uh, we'll see. 
And then, of course, some notable mentions. There's so many names. So, so many. I'm not going to say so them all, many. but I'm going to try to say a lot of them. <laughs> Stewie McSwain of Australia, world number five, highly competitive, breaking all the records. And he is always exciting to watch because he likes to make the race, you know, shake it up and stuff. And then Ayanla Suleiman of Djibouti, who's one who's been around for a bit. And he's he's kind of making a little bit of a resurgence, uh, but we're hoping to see him on the top of his game at this race because then you can see a real threat. He was fourth in Rio. He is world number seven currently. We'll see. And then Tufik Makloufi is another one of Algeria who's been around forever at the international stage. Always a metal threat. He was silver in Doha. He was silver in Rio to Centro. But this year, haven't really seen anything. Mm. So we'll we'll see. We'll see. Cole Hawker of the United States. Got to mention him because uh, yeah. it seems to be... At this moment, he has not lost a championship race this year. He's run NCAA's indoor, NCAA's outdoor, U.S. trials outdoor. He has not lost a championship race yet this year. Okay. And so you know he's thinking to himself, I can win any championship yeah. race. He's got the confidence. He's young. Yeah, and he beat the you know Olympic champion. Right. He's young, but he's <laughs> beat the he's beat the experienced yeah. people. And so we'll Who see. knows? Who knows? It's he's very exciting to watch He's probably got the him. best kick, I would say, in the field. I think he has the best kick in the field. Now, we can't forget to mention Oliver Hoare, who is also on the podcast with the OAC. I'll link to his episode, which was also about racing. So if you're nerds like us, this is a great time to like listen to those past episodes to get in the minds of your favorite runners. And for the final event in the running distance events in the Olympics this year will be the men's marathon, rounding it out on Sunday, August 8th which will actually be airing then Saturday night, August 7th, if you're trying That's to watch to it live. Yep. Um, so general info, just to be clear here, the Olympic marathon is a very different kind of race than like world marathon majors and such. There's no pacers. It's almost always hot. It will be hot mm. in, in Tokyo. They won't be running in Tokyo. They'll be running in Sapporo, but it's still summer in Japan. And so it will be hot. Yeah. Um, and as a consequence, it tends to not be the same kind of event. Right. And people do not like to lead as much. Right. And also keep in mind the world marathon majors, you, what we have is we have anyone who can run in the event. Whereas in the Olympics, you only get the top three from your country. And here's an important fact of the top 100 in the world rankings in the men's marathon, only 21 of them are not Ethiopian or Kenyan. So that means that oh, okay. 79 of the top 100 marathoners in the world currently are from two countries. Okay. Which totally changes the landscape of the race because only three of those or six yeah. of those 79 are in the race. That's, that's so that's true. Crazy. That is crazy to think about. Yes, wow. it is. So Elliot Kipchoge, of course, is one of the favorites. Now, you've heard me say this. I don't see him as a sure thing for the gold. Uh, certainly metal potential. Absolutely. Right. Could he win gold? Yes, of course he can. Yes. Uh, but this is so not a shoe win. Every athlete has a waning in their career it happens at some point he has shown indication that he might be entering the waning period of his career just based off of his unbeatableness has no longer been true but as the moon it can change oh my goodness once again okay we, we don't need analogies <laughs> with the moon all right so yes uh we'll see we'll see that's all i gotta say but you you should remember that he has won eight world marathon majors in a row in a row prior to his london defeat unprecedented he's done all the stuff he also won an olympic gold in rio in that mix he's got the world record he's run these ex exposition races that are just crazy so yeah he's got it but does he have it at his best Sise lemma of ethiopia certainly does and so world ranked number six but he's third at the 2020 tokyo uh marathon and third in the 2019 berlin world marathon major so he knows how to win or rather how to contest these world marathon mm -hmm. majors um he's got super fast pr and when he's in great shape he's one to beat lawrence chirono of kenya the 2019 chicago marathon winner second to 2020 valencia and world rank number three also a clear threat in any big races and then lalisa decisa of ethiopia is another one who these guys just kind of like exchange top yeah. three places in yeah these there's big races. so many to know it, so yeah many. they go back and forth so he was gold in doha second in 2019 boston marathon so a lot of good things happening but here abdi of belgium who by the way trains with elliot kipchoge oh i didn't know um, that yes and so he's one to watch second in 2020 tokyo marathon fifth in 2019 chicago el hassan el abasi of bahrain second in 2018 valencia but he's way up there in the rankings and so you take out you know like i keep saying you take out a whole bunch of these kenyans and ethiopians who aren't in the race because they're not top three in their country and 
guys like El Hassan El Abbasi are way up in that list now. Yeah. And so this is this is one to watch. And then Khan Keegan Osbielen of Turkey also in that mix. And then let's mention the U.S. team, Galen Rupp. Yes. We got to mention him, and he's one of these guys in the mix. Because bronze he's, at Rio. Yeah, bronze at Rio. He's consistently one of the strongest runners in the world. And it's something that we can't, you know, cough at because, you know, although we haven't seen him race very much, he's a man who knows how to race and has been, you know, like I said, a top form when it counts. Jacob Riley is the high, highest ranked American in the field. Um, only barely ranked above Abdi, by the way, but... He has like two spots above him on the world ranking. Uh, and he was ninth in the 2019 Chicago Marathon. So when you get to the Olympic Marathon stage, remember back in Rio, the three Americans were all in the top 10. Yeah. So let's see how we can do that again. Yeah. And another note about Jacob Riley. We've had him on the show. Again, I'll link to that winning the uphill battle. But a note about that is that now there has been more time since his injury. Another rebuild year. So this could be in Jacob Riley's favor that he had more time, even though he was able to qualify for the Olympic Games. This extra time can't hurt. After having an injury and surgery. <laughs> and you've got to bring experience to the table in the marathon oh, because yeah. it's such a tricky event. And Abdi has it all. Abdi Abdurrahman is one of the most experienced marathoners on the world stage right now and knows how to execute great yes. racing across the board. Yep. Um, most recently, ninth in the 2019 New York Marathon, although he's also had a top three finish in the New York Marathon in his yes. career too. And Abdi has been on our show. We called the episode the highest level because mm. Abdi has competed at the highest level for so very many years, like 20 years or something like that. So he brings experience to the game. Now, you want to watch some great racing? Yes, so you do. So we are looking forward to an incredible Tokyo Games to watch all of the craziness. And then, of course, you're going to watch great racing. You're going to get excited about running. And then you are going to further thrive as a runner. Yes. Now, being a fan is super fun. And we're so glad that you've joined us on this journey of tracking these athletes throughout many episodes of the A to Z Running Podcast. If you love this kind of content, please subscribe and review. And, of course, we're going to be having updates throughout the Olympics at a to Z running on Instagram. So make sure you check that out and then subscribe to find out the results and all the inside scoop about what happened at the Tokyo Olympics. Check us out next week for your first wave of results, including the men's 10,000 meter among a number of other things. Don't miss it. We'll be back soon.